Welcome to the Influential Nonprofit, the show for nonprofit leaders to grow their influence so they can grow their income and impact. Now here's your host, Marianne Dersch. Hey, it's Marianne. Welcome to another episode of the Influential Nonprofit. You know, I work with people to master the art of influence so they can easily enroll others in, in, in their vision and create communities of support. One of the biggest tenants of influence is that you are coming from a place of authenticity, honesty, and transparency. That is what makes you influential. And I know you've experienced someone in your life who really operates at this authentic self. They are they who who they present that you know who they truly are is who they're showing you and how attractive that can be. Or an an organization that you're looking at their marketing or you know, you're, you know, you're connecting with them somehow an event or whatever, like, wow, these people are walking in their authentic selves and it is powerful and it makes you drawn to it. And yet we struggle to do that. It's scary putting your authentic self out there, right? Because what if you show the world who you truly are or show the world who your organization truly is? What if they don't like it? What if they criticize it? What if they don't give you any money anymore? And it throws you into financial peril and blah, blah, blah. I can feel the brain, the mind spinning already. So we're going to talk about today why it's tough to be authentic and what to do about it. And I'm going to give you six steps in order to step into your authentic self. And I'm going to talk on both levels, which I always do individually and collectively as an organization, because that's what I know really, really works. There's if your brand, if you want to like have a really strong, you know, authentic brand and image and message that's like bold and, you know, and and big and and interesting and it scares the crap out of you, it's not going to work. It starts from the inside out. And that's why my work over the years has more turned to interpersonal relationships and personal coaching because how your thoughts and feelings affect your everyday decision making, how you value yourself, how authentic you can be as a person directly translate translates to your ability to be more authentic to your supporters, to have a more authentic communications with your brand. It's from the inside out, not the outside in. So I want to talk about both layers because they're both important, but really this is about working from the inside out, the outside in. And I would love for you to just kind of tap into two things. One, the time in your life where you felt like you were the most authentic that could be now, that could be in the past, what that felt like, like how how that felt for you. And second, maybe the time in your organization like really stood in their truth and it was super scary and amazing things came from it because you, you stood you stood your truth. Okay. So I just maybe start thinking about those situations. All right. Why is authenticity so scary? Uh, first of all, we see models, you know, celebrities, people in our culture that are well-known who present one image and then we find out that they're another. So we get a little jaded and we say, see, they showed that and see what happened. See what happened. They got burned. I'm going to stay here and stay safe. We always don't have a lot of models for somebody who is truly aligned and authentic. And so we tend to not see it or, or it's just not present. There's a lot of filters. There's a lot of you know, people trying to make sure you see that in a very specific way instead of being open and authentic. 
And if you look at the marketing that our our nonprofits have done in the past and how we talk about ourselves, it's like, oh, we have to be so, so amazing, right? We have to be super amazing because lest anybody think one one thing bad about us. And so we create marketing that doesn't share our authentic self. It shares the most, the part of us that we think would be most appealing, right? Here's the thing, like, and if you meet somebody and they're only showing you the, the parts of them that that they want you to see, you're like, hey, what's going on in the mother parts? I, I want them to really know all of you. No, you don't. No, you don't. You just, you just want this part, right? But when we show our whole authentic self, we give donors the truth, the authentic, aligned, unvarnished truth. Many, many years ago, I was doing a presentation with a foundation executive and we were talking about storytelling and we were talking about storytelling in grant writing. But I remember her saying, you know, those shiny brochures, we want to get past those to the truth. And I would say, well, my marketing, the marketing that I want for you is that authentic look inside so that I feel like I know you already. It's not something I have to get past to get to the truth. It's showing me the truth. It's showing me that whole, that authentic aligned part of you. And that's what we want to show people. But, you know, we, we crave certainty and control. And we, those are two things that we don't have at all. And, and when we operate from a place of we want certainty and control, we're really limited in what we can share with people because we're afraid of the backlash. We're afraid of the fallout. We fear what could happen on the other side if we stood in our truth. So we stay safe. And in that, we stay inauthentic. And I'm not saying anybody's lying to anybody purposely. I'm not saying that. We just say safe. Stay safe. That's kind of tricky to say. Stay safe. We're afraid if we show our true selves, if we show our authentic self, we're going to create guilt and shame. Like it's going to stir up those feelings in us. And those are two feelings that are really hard to feel. And we tend to avoid those at all costs. So like I could not possibly put myself out there. Oh, what would people say? What would the neighbors think? So we stay safe because we're attached to the outcome. We're attached to what other people think. We're attached to what's going to happen. And so we stay in that safe space where we think we have certainty and control. And actually, you never do. I mean, if COVID didn't teach us one thing, what did it teach us? There's no such thing as certainty and control. Throw that out the window. That is not serving you. It's an illusion. You never had it. You never will. And nothing you do will create it. Woo, what? I know there's some hard truths dropping right now. Okay, so the problem is we fear authenticity. So what can we do about it? What can we do about how do we step into a more authentic, aligned version of ourselves, right? That, you know, the undefended queen, as I call her, both for ourselves, for our team, for our organization, you know, in the individuals inside our organization and how our organization relates to external audiences because it's all connected, right? So first of all, and I want to tell you like the big lesson in my life, and this was a big lesson in my life. Number one, <clears throat> welcome criticism as much as praise. If you are true, a thought leader, if you are wanting to change the world, you're wanting to get something done. If you're doing or saying anything interesting, somebody's not going to like it. So praise, criticism, congratulations, my friend. You are stepping into your authentic truth. It's so much so that somebody doesn't like it. Praise and criticism are the same thing. This is what my book is about. This is, you know, if you're interested in going into that deeper, you can get my book, Courageous Communication. This is the principle my company was founded on. Praise and criticism. I was terrified of criticism and overly dependent on praise. And I realized, oh my gosh, so are all my nonprofit clients. They were terrified of 
saying or doing something wrong. And it kept them boring. I kept them safe. And it kept them from really stepping into and communicating the bold vision that they had because they were afraid of the fallout. So when we welcome both, they're the price of doing business. And when we need praise to feel good about ourselves or need praise to feel like our organization is on track, and we're terrified of criticism because we think it'll derail us, then it has ownership of us. So welcome praise and criticism. It's the same thing. It's just other people's opinions of us and they get to have their opinions. What is, what is that saying? What other people think about me is none of my business. In some cases it is, but you get to decide. You decide, am I going to receive that feedback or not? So many times we take a criticism, we think we have to act on it immediately. No, 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 no. Praise and criticism. They're just other people's opinions. So welcome them because when pe- that means people are talking about you. That means people care enough to write something, they, you know, make a post that they don't agree with. Well, wow, that's engagement, <laughs> right? That's what we want. Oh, wait, we don't want this kind of engagement. It's engagement. If you're doing or saying something interesting, somebody's not going to like it, totally okay. All right, step two, we balance peace and conflict. Another huge, huge lesson in my life, my friends. Another huge lesson in my life. Sponsored by my teenage son. He's fun. But he really taught me how to honor conflict. And so here, here's what I want to say about this. My, my, one of my coaches, Dr. Dr. Aaron, his name's Dr. Aaron Wilkerson. He really, really helped me to understand the role of conflict in my life. Now, listen, I'm a nice girl from the Midwest. You know, anger scares me, you know, oh, conflict. I think, oh, everyone says I'm conflict averse. Like, who likes conflict? No one is out there like, oh, let's, let's find somebody to argue with. I mean, I know there's people who do that and they're probably in every comment section we've ever read. But in general, especially, I think, in our nonprofit space, people are sort of conflict averse. Well, it doesn't feel good. So what happens is we put peace on a pedestal. Peace, 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 peace. And then what's going to happen eventually? Bam! That pedestal's going to fall. And what do we create? Conflict. It's like a teeter-totter, right? Bam! Like if I sit on it and you go, boom! Peace. And I'm going to hold you there. But sooner or later, you're going to come down and bam, there's the conflict. So by sacrificing the conflict for peace at all costs, we're actually creating more conflict. And I've done podcasts on this before, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this. Just remember that when I allow for a little conflict, I'm actually creating peace. When I allow for a little argument with my son, I'm actually creating peace. Because when I didn't allow for those little arguments, no. And then it just peace at all costs. And then bam, there was an explosion. And maybe you can think about the times in your life, in your, in your life, in your work life, where, you know, there's avoidance, 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 and then bam, you know, the, the nonprofit executive or leader and who, who's not telling staff the truth and they keep avoiding it, avoiding it because it's uncomfortable. And then the staff like rises up and gets really mad. And now it's a huge thing. When if we would have told the truth along the way, it wouldn't have gotten to that. Because what happens is resentment builds. And now we have anger and resentment and and that becomes a fight or flight scenario. So allowing for peace. So welcome, praise, and criticism. Balance your peace and conflict. Number three is, and you know I'm going to say this because I say this all the time, release the outcome. When we don't speak, when we're not our authentic selves, we're not speaking our truth because we're afraid of the fallout. We're afraid of the backlash. We're afraid of what's going to happen. We're, ta- we're attached to the outcome. And my coaching group and my clients, I swear, we talk about releasing the outcome all the time. And I'm, I'm still learning these lessons, right? I'm not still, because I, I think it still implies I should have learned them already. I'm not saying that. This is a mastery, right? 
And I will be in the practice of learning new and more and more ways to release the outcome. When I say release the outcome is, I don't get to say who or when. I don't get to say, you don't get to say who or when. You don't get to, you don't get to say who gives you money or not. You don't get to say who enrolls in a program or not. Me, me either. All I do is I stay sovereign, I stay in action and I hold my vision and I keep moving and I will work to, to attach to people. And that is releasing the outcome. And it shows up in a lot of ways, like even things like a party or a vacation, just for, you know, when you're attached to the outcome, you tend, you have expectations than you need. And when you need, then you're operating out of fear. And then instead of operating out of curiosity, your openness and hey, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, let's see, you know? Okay. So we're going to release the outcome. Third, or sorry, fourth is adopt neutrality. What do I mean by adopting adopt neutrality? I mean, like, I want to look at the world for like my 10,000 foot view. We're sort of like, it's all down here and it's sort of all happening. It's like I'm watching a play because I'm super smart and I can see that everything that's happening to me is information. It's not good or bad, right? It's, it's information. If, does that thing happen? Was that bad or good? It was both. It's all. It's information. So I don't have to decide, am I right or wrong? Is it good or bad? Am I weak or strong? It's just, it's information. When I can look at the world, like, okay, just because somebody throws a bomb doesn't mean it has to land on you. But when it does land on me, or I can say, huh, wow, that comment kind of stung, or whoa, I'm having a certain reaction to this. Huh, isn't that interesting? That's some good information. I don't have to go into a shame spiral every time somebody says something. I look at it neutrality, like that's maybe they need to say something. Okay. It's not like I'm impervious to pain. Trust me. It's just my bounce back rate is pretty fast. So something that happens to me and really disappoint me or something can sting and then I, and I'm like, oh, I feel it. And then I'm through it because I'm looking at it from a place of neutrality, the, of peace and conflict, of praise and criticism. It's, all, it's like that balance, like everything in our universe, our bodies, it's all, it all wants balance. And so that, you know, understanding like I'm creating this balance of good, bad, right, wrong of just it's all information. And when I adopt that neutrality, I'm able to see it. I'm able to see it through a lens of observation instead of judgment. And when I look at things through observation instead of judgment, I see them so much more clearly. Okay, number five, we are going to allow. Allow for the allowing. Be open to the allowing. Allow things to happen. From a place of neutrality, whatever happens is, is happening for me, not to me. Whatever happens is a lesson that I get to learn. Like Jalen Hurd said after the 2022 Super Bowl, you either win or you learn. But you can win while you're learning. But most lessons are learned in the losses. Most lessons are learned in the pain. Yet we avoid the pain, right? Like, I don't want bad things to happen. But then when sometimes when bad things have happened, we look back and say, oh my God, I'm so glad that happened. Because that pain, you know, the breakup or the job loss or whatever took me on a whole different path. Oh my God, I'm so glad that happened. Now, in the moment, you didn't. Now, and so the, the idea here is to, you can process that pain and be disappointed and also know that oh, the allowing of all the fruits of the harvest, they're all for you. They're all for your taking. All the lessons, they're all for you. And the last one is number six, and that's the blessing. Everything that happens to you is a gift if you want to look at it that way. And just blessing all the fruits, right? Just allowing them 
and being grateful for, grounded in gratitude for the good things, the bad things, you know, the donation you didn't get, the donation you did get. Being grateful for all of it, because all of it is a lesson. If we're willing to look at it, all of it is a mirror that can show us something and can teach us something to get us better at who we are, better at communicating, better at leading, better at navigating conflict, all of those things. Because when we are better at all those things, then we're having productive conversations. Now we're really doing some work. Now we're building cohesive teams. And from that place, now we're inviting people into to an organization that understands itself, that stands at its value, that stands in its authenticity. Because I'm not trying to make you do anything. I'm just showing you my truth. And if it connects with you, great. And if not, that's totally okay too. Because if you know anything about me, you know your job is not to make people care. Your job is to connect like-minded people to you, right? So I don't have to worry about if somebody likes me or not because they're not for me. And does it hurt when people don't like me? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm human. You know, I know you don't like you. I do a big speaking engagement and, you know, 90 people think I'm wonderful and that one person doesn't. And I, and what do I think about on the drive home? That one person, of course, right? Like I, I get that. And also I understand that. I understand where that's coming from. And I know how to look at that as neutrality. And like, isn't that interesting? Look what I'm thinking about, mm, right? Okay, yeah. But it's all happening for me. It's all the gift. It's all in gratitude. And when we come from that place of showing up in our authentic self, releasing the outcome, um, you know, seeing everything with neutrality, allowing whatever's happened to, to happen, and then blessing whatever happens with gratitude that that it's happening for our best and highest self. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good for you. So I want you to think about if you could, you know, those times in your life where you really showed up authentically and what happened and or when your organization really had to stand in the truth, stand up to something, stand against something and what happened and really thinking about how can I as a nonprofit leader show up my highest and best authentic self every time. And what would it feel like to do that every day? And when, when you tap into that, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, it's like a super highway. That's the only thing I can explain it. It's like a super highway of energy, supporters, attention, whatever you want coming to you. Because you're releasing, trying to change people and trying to be something for somebody else. And you're just like, Hey, does it a fit? Great. If not, that's okay too, because I'm coming from neutrality. I've released the outcome. I know this is a lot. Maybe it could be a lot to take in. I don't want to project that on you, but it, there, there could be a lot to take in. But just so I want to review these really, really quickly, and then and I'm going to wrap. Remember, um, welcome, praise, and criticism, balance, peace, and conflict, release your outcome, adopt neutrality, allow for whatever's going to happen, and then bless whatever does. And that will allow you to stand in, in your authentic and your authentic self and attract those people to you and really those long-term loyal people because they're going to love you for you both individually and your organization for what it does. All right. And if you want help with this, if you really want to work on this, if you're like, yes, Marianne, this sounds amazing. Give it to me. Give it to me. I have a link in the show notes. You can book a call with me and we can talk about my programs and what I do. And if this sounds like something you'd like to know more about, I'm happy. Whatever happens in the call, you're going to get a ton of value. I can look at your specific situation and give you some wisdom to get you going. And then if you want to talk more about what it's like to look with me or if you're looking for a performance coach for you, your team or your board, 
just book a call and we can talk about it. And if it's not me, I will send you. I know everybody. If it's not me, I will refer you on to the person that I think that can help you the most. And that's it for me and this episode of The Influential Nonprofit. Thanks for listening to The Influential Nonprofit with your host, Marianne Dersh. If you enjoyed the show, please tell your friends and colleagues about the podcast. Also, check out theinfluentialnonprofit.com for more resources on growing your influence so you can raise more and do more.